Everybody to the nations worldwide. This is episode 63 of the Travel Couple Podcast, where we introduce you to couple travelers who offer their advice on how you can travel the world together while earning money, living that travel lifestyle. We're your hosts, Mike Pletz and Natalie. Tune in every Wednesday as we interview couples living a travel lifestyle, get relationship advice about being on the road with your significant other, and listen how others are struggling and thriving in their personal and business lives while traveling the world. This is your one-stop podcast for travel, relationship, and business goals. In this episode, we're joined by Dan and Emily of NYCU Later. They met in New York City, later married, and went on a round-the-world trip together, saying see you later to NYC. They carry a New York City subway handle with them everywhere they go to take photos with on their travels and post them online. We talk with them about the importance of creating this concept as content creators, their travels around the world, and what is next for the two of them. So without further ado, here's our interview with Dan and Emily. Today we are joined by Emily and Dan of NYCU Later. That's N Y S E E U Later. They met in New York City, married, and went on a round-the-world trip together, saying "See you later" to NYC. Now we are joined by them to talk about their travels, relationship, and what they are up to these days. You can follow them online at nyculater.com. That's n-y-s-e-e-u-later.com. Hello, Emily and Dan, and welcome to the show. Hi, Hi. thanks for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Let's just get started to get to know about the two of you a little bit more. And uh, why don't you give our audience a little rundown about the two of you and NYCU Later? So uh, we said, see you later to New York. Uh, we were there for a long time. Um, <laughs> it felt like a long time. Um, hustling, bustling. And uh, we told ourselves if we um, sell our one-bedroom apartment that we would travel and we were literally uh the apartment was literally on the um market for three months and the last day of the we told ourselves if it sells within three months then we'll travel and so within the last day of the three months we contacted our realtor and told um we're we're about to yeah we were We're about to we're drafting an email actually and told our um realtor that if we don't sell it um, uh, within that three months just to take it off the market and we actually before we sent it out we got an email immediately it was just crazy (laughs) and and we just told ourselves that it's meant to be yeah so we had bought a little we had bought a little one bedroom condo right across the river in New Jersey <laughs> where it's where it's affordable. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Now, how about the two of you? How did the two of you meet? Well, so uh, we actually met at church. I know it's crazy. That still happens. But uh, so I was actually uh, talking with some friends after church. Uh, they had coffee and snacks and stuff. And, and I heard Dan. Dan and I looked over and it was Pastor Dave and he was standing with two of the prettiest girls I'd ever seen and he said you're from Florida right and I said yeah and then uh, he's like they're visiting from Florida and I said I turned to my friends who I was talking with and I said guys I'll be right back and I went over and I said thanks Dave I'll take it from here and I gave him the shove out <laughs> and then I said hey you know where are you from in Florida and they said oh you know we're Emily and Tez and they said we're from Tampa and I said I am not picking up a Florida accent and they said oh we're actually from Brazil and I was like that is real really cool. We're all going to brunch and you guys should come with. And uh, they they kind of like uh, talked to each other in Portuguese and said, uh, do you really want to go to brunch with this crazy white boy? Well, in, in my mind, that's what they were saying. But so they went and then uh, <laughs> we swapped uh, contact info and then uh, we were friends for several months. And then there was a little flirting going on at Emily's birthday a few months later. And uh, then we had uh, three dates in three days and then it was on. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. So, like, how did you two get into travel? Has this always been something that the two of you were interested in, or did one influence the other? Yeah, actually, it's something that we both uh, love doing it. Uh, I think more on my side, I I think that started uh, with a passion. Like, when I was back in high school, I was just really, really wanted to travel. Um, And I used to, like, write essays upon essays on traveling uh, the world, and... 
I met Dan and we just like every year, uh, especially around February, because in New York, it was just so brutal. The winters. Uh, um, I can't and, imagine Canada. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, just we just planned a trip like a cruise every year. And it was just like this. Uh, it was great because it was just away from 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 the madness and 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 we just found ourselves every year just playing a year ahead yeah. every year in February. And cruising, I think, is a good way to start because they bring the whole city with them. You know, if you can just get on the boat in time, which sometimes is a problem for me, but uh, <laughs> if you can if you could just get on the boat in time, then everything's taken care of. And even if you're a health nut, you can put together salads, you can find stuff you can eat. There's a gym, there's entertainment, there's you know sunning during the day and you stop at different ports and so i think that uh cruising was a real good way for us to you know get into it and uh for me i went to a uh, this was uh, my first international trip was before i met emily in 2008 went with some friends to china and uh that was a lot of fun and that really kind of opened up my eyes and that was uh just after i had really been bitten by the photography bug so i was really into uh learning my dslr and the tripod and the whole bit and that was actually uh the first trip with the the new york city subway handle and uh so you know i've been shooting and lugging this thing all around the world and then uh emily and i met and uh i've been <laughs> imposing the subway handle on her ever since she's known me. It's a labor of <laughs> yeah. love. You know, I, you know, it's funny. Everybody I didn't, yeah, I didn't bring it on our thing. honeymoon, but actually our first wedding anniversary, we went to Niagara Falls. We were on the Canada site and uh, we're taking these photos and I was like, okay, babe, now let's do a subway handle photo. And she's like, I could just see it in her face. She's like, oh man, is this going to be like a lifelong thing? Like, am I going, am I going to be married to the subway handle forever? And, you know, and, and back then it was kind of like, you know, I mean, we still haven't produced any books. It's still not like widespread or viral or anything like that. So it's still kind of when you break it out, people are still like, what the heck is that? And, you know, but it's kind of cool because it's an icebreaker. People come over and ask you questions and you end up talking to a whole bunch of people you never would have been able to talk to anyway. And uh, 90% of the time they'll take a subway handle photo with us. So that's cool. But so I guess those were kind of our first big trips. Oh, and Emily, you'd been to Puerto Rico like three times, three times before yeah. you met me. Yeah, so. I love Puerto Rico. Yeah. Nice, and I'm sure those uh, those subway handle uh, photos get some second glances for sure, and I'm sure that's a great conversation starter where, wherever you go in the world. And for those who, who don't know uh, exactly what we're talking about, then you need to go over to NYC later, their Instagram, and see all of their photos that they've got there. <laughs> You know, I think uh, Instagram is a real great way to kind of just get a, a look at it because the, the photos are kind of, well, actually, our header image is a subway handle image, but you have to kind of like look through the posts and uh, sometimes they're in videos, sometimes not. And, you know, sometimes uh, we're, we're trying to transition from carousel images, which I guess is not as good for SEO. We're trying to do inline images into all of our blog posts. But so you would have to kind of sort through a little bit. I know there's a, a spot on the website. Uh, uh, in the, in the, uh, uh, what's it called? The menu bar that says subway handle, but you know, it's, it, that isn't fully cooked yet. But so if you go to our Instagram, you can kind of just scroll down and see all these crazy places we've been. I think that's the easiest way when people don't get it. I just open Instagram and I just kind of scroll through and then see what photo they want to click on. And like, yeah, that's what it is. Basically we just go hold this thing up and then snap a photo. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And, uh, yeah. One more question about that. Like, where did you guys get this? subway handle how did this how did you get it yeah so you know i had moved to new york in 2005 and i was going i was working full-time and i was going to school there for graphic design and i was on the subway and it felt like i was you know usually getting a seat on the way to work or something and and i had like my huge art portfolio case and so i was always just like staring up at the ceiling you know trying to avoid making eye contact with anybody in new york as new yorkers do but anyway so there was these um ads for the new york city subway museum and when they retired the cars they dismantle them, you know, just like Yankee Stadium or any stadium, you know, in the world, when they dismantle it, they sell the grass from the field, they sell the number plates off of the seats, you know, they sell everything. And so I'm just looking at these these subway handles on this ad and I was thinking, man, I know there's a concept there. You know, I'm going to school for graphic design and it's all about concept, concept, concept and what's your unique concept. And so I'm just sitting there looking at these ads and I'm like, 
you know, what would I do with that if I if I had one? And, you know, so I was just kind of thinking about it for over three months and then the ads disappeared. And I was like, oh, man, either, you know, they're all sold out or or I don't know, like it's it's too late or something. So I went over to the museum and I got one. And then I was like, what am I going to do with this? So I took it to a party for uh, St. Patrick's Day. And uh, and then I just brought it and like I showed it to some people and everyone's like holding it up and taking all sorts of photos with it. And I was like, OK. People seem to enjoy it. This seems pretty cool. And then, you know, for a while, it was just kind of like gag photos. And then, uh, you know, and then I was uh, getting ready for the trip to China in 2008. And I thought, what if I actually make this into like a photographic essay? You know, what if I actually sit down and, and write out what the concept is? And what if I actually approach it as a professional venture? And then that really kind of changed my mindset. Then I started trying to take better photos. And, you know, and then when I met Emily and we started, uh, you know, planning to to leave our jobs and stuff like that. I was thinking, okay. And, and she, you know, convinced me that we needed to take our photography to the next level. So more sunrise and sunset photos. And cause you know, I would literally just like walk around and like snap a photo and, you know, anybody doing any random thing, but now we're trying to elevate it to more of like a, you know, the Instagram art that you see out there. So, uh, yeah. And then last question, what does a subway handle go for? Like how much was that? <laughs> It was like 50 bucks back in 2005 or six. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> but the, 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 uh, deal with the subway handle, it's about, what would you say? 14, 15 inches long and it's aluminum. Yeah. Yeah. It's, about it's 15 inches. Yeah. Like 15 inches long. It's about aluminum or five pounds. Yeah. And it's four or five, pounds. five pounds. So it is like the least convenient thing to travel <laughs> with. It is like, I can't tell you how many times even we'll bring it to somewhere in Indonesia and we'll be getting ready, you know, like got our backpacks and we have to travel with two backpacks. Cause you know, we got like a drone or two, we got all the camera gear, we got all this stuff and we'll be heading out and Emily's like subway handle. And we're both like, oh, man, like, you know, and then we got to like put that on and I got to put it between my Add feet the and the front of the backpack. motor scooter. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like, oh, gosh, I really hope this becomes something cool because <laughs> you always feel like such a dork when you break it out. And then but then and then people come over and Germans, you're talking about uh, meeting people. There isn't a German who has seen that that has not come over and asked what it is because, you know, they're. They're so like by the book and, you know, and everything, you know, form follows function, and you know, and all this and and that mindset. And they come over like, what is this? You know, and, and you tell them about it and like you literally travel the world with this thing, you know, and they're like 19 year old yeah, German backpackers. And, you know, everything is measured down to the ounce, like the toothbrush, the toothpaste. And they're like, you actually like put this in your backpack and go through the airport. It like it blows their minds. It's the funniest thing. Awesome, awesome. I could I could go on and on about the subway <laughs> handle for sure. Yeah. Brad, you're so far away, man. Next time we're up there, we'll have to like meet up. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Now I want to uh turn this conversation towards your travels. And before I get into your travels, I like to ask a simple two-word question to all the couples that come on our show. It's a simple question, but it has such a complex response. And that is why travel? Mm. I'm going to let Emily handle this one first and I'll think about my answer. <laughs> That's so rich. Um, I think because there's so much like to see in the world and just in like we just everyday uh, bubble, you know, you just go out there and see that there's like these beautiful people and all this beautiful culture to be seen and to be known and, and engage in and um, the food um, the buildings, the architecture, if you love that kind of stuff, is just incredible. And it's, I think it's, it's like a revelation of, of somebody else's world. Um, mm. and to really engage into the unknown of, of who they are, you know. And I think that's really, really cool just to travel and be able to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere we go. Oh, man. And, you know, as uh, creative professionals and content creators and, you know, it's important to get outside of your comfort zone. And and I really have enjoyed that. And I grew up in Florida learning some Spanish and uh, took Spanish in high school and some in, in college. And Emily, being from Brazil, speaks Portuguese and uh, Spanish way better than I do. So it's it's kind of cool traveling in South America and, you know, being able to understand a little bit. But, man, I would really love to speak every language in the world and just go and, and travel like the local 
locals do and not stick out. And uh, I just like Emily said, you know, to experience the cultures and just go see what's going on and and, uh, you know, get out there, boots on the ground, go experience it. You see these photos and you hear about the Salkante Trek to Machu Picchu and you're like, man, I want to go hike that thing, you know, and yeah. And then you're just sitting there thinking, how in the world could that ever happen? And, you know, I guess the only way is, is, you know, if it's a burning passion to just do it, you know, and I think it's unfortunate that in the U.S. we get two weeks of vacation and it's like, you know, and if, if you want to go visit, if you move somewhere and you want to go visit your family for the holidays, I mean, forget it. You're not going anywhere that year. You know, you're not going to like Peru for a week and a half, you know. Yeah, so, we always, yeah, on edge yeah. what to do. Like every year, yeah. should we go for Christmas yeah. to, uh, you know, your parents? Yeah. Or should we go? And it's hard. It's, it's like, you know, it's to Italy, we've never been before yeah. and see the people. Yeah, and, and to, go, to go to Italy for our five year anniversary, we were both working at European companies in New York. And so we were able to, to put together uh, two weeks plus the weekends. Which is unheard of. Two it's, weeks plus the weekends. So we had two and a half weeks and still. Like the whole time you're gone, you're like, am I going to lose my job? Is my job going to be there when I come back? Is everyone going to freak out? You know, and, and uh, it's just it's kind of nerve wracking. And then you once we did leave our jobs and we we're in, in Indonesia, everybody we met was European and they all take a gap year. You know, they take a whole year to go do whatever it is they want to do. And Australians, everybody else. And, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm from the States. <laughs> and we're like, whoa, you know, crazy. How are you here? Like, we had to quit our jobs and they're looking at us like, are you insane? And I'm like, you know, we, we might be. <laughs> I want to get to into more of your uh, your amazing travels that you two have been on together in all this. And starting with, you know, where were you last? Where are you right now? And where are you going to travel to next? So we were in Bali uh, for a month, relaxing and um, working and getting ourselves like ready to a routine before we get back. We'd be back in America. So we just like getting to the groove of things um, and just having no time to just yeah. enjoy ourselves. And, well, for truth a, be told, you know, yeah, truth be told, if Emily doesn't get healthy food for more than a week, then it's a problem. And if we don't get to exercise and I'm not even talking like epic day hikes and stuff like that, <laughs> if we don't get to go do some power cleans and some squat thrusters and stuff like that, then then it's a problem. <laughs> Emily's like smiling. She can hardly her face looks like it's no, going to break. But it's, it's that's essential. The truth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we literally were going to the grocery store with the locals and we were buying three kilos of chicken breast like uh, every week and we would go oh, home gosh. and like so many eggs i mean we'll just like we'd show up at the the egg counter and we'll be like we'll take them you know, and, you know <laughs> everything so, you got yeah yeah so we were just eggs and protein and and you know editing video by the pool at the homestay and working out at you know crossfit wonderlust and you know just uh just kind of having a vacation before we ended our travels <laughs> and then uh where are you right now uh, right now we are in Orlando, Florida. So, um, you know, with all these travels, it's good to have a home base. And so my parents, uh, we were able to change our address to them and, and park our car in the garage and suspend the, uh, the car insurance on it. And we really don't have any other responsibilities. Uh, no kids yet, no, no pets. And so that's, uh, one of the reasons we were able to leave for so long. But, um, so we're here and uh, my mom is actually an author. So, you know, we were, Emily and I were trying to, you know, figure out what we want to do with our lives and for work and for passion and all this. And obviously New York see you later is a passion. And, and another passion, even since before I met Emily was my, my, uh, my mom has been an English teacher for 29 years and has a degree in psych. And she's written all these books that I've helped her design book covers and, and all the marketing and graphics and all that for. And uh, we actually set up this studio that we're talking to you now on and and we have like the headphones and the mic and the whole bit. And uh, we got my mom to record uh, to turn uh, three of her books or is it six? Three books. Three books. We're, three books. Yeah, we're, we're kind of paused that and we're now focused on promotion and marketing and stuff. But so three of the books have been turned into audio books. And so, you know, we're just uh, just burning the candle at both ends right now, just trying to promote my mom's books, uh, which, by the way, a little plug out to my mom uh, is C.B. Hoffman. <laughs> That's C as in cat, B as in boy, and then Hoffman, H-O-F-F-M-A-N-N.com. But uh, anyway, so they're real clean books, and, you know, we have a good message of forgiveness and repentance. And, you know, I guess just uh, 
which I feel like everybody in the world needs right now. Everything is so negative. But uh, so we're just trying to write some positive stuff. And and uh, that's uh, been a passion project for a real long time in New York. See you later. And so we're trying to figure out, uh, you know, how long to be here. And I think we're going to Brazil to uh, visit Emily's family and or to help her families out with their businesses. And, uh, you know, they have some distributorships and uh, Emily's uh, grandmother and grandfather have a, a farm with like a pool on it. And it is just the coolest thing out there. And they're just, almost 90. Too, oh, yeah, so they're almost 90. Gonna... They put in a pool. Yeah, I feel like it's a resort. No joke. It's a little bit getting out there. But, you know, you're out there and you're in the pool and Brazilians like they have these these huge like 40 ounce beers and everybody has a little cup and they just pour you some beer. And if it's warm, they just toss it in the grass. And so you're literally sitting sitting there in the pool and then the motorized Chihosco spits like her grandparents kill a cow for us when we go there. So it's like nonstop filet mignon and just lounging in the pool. And they're Sorry like, for the vegan. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> and, then, and then, and then they're like, do you want to go horseback riding? You're like, yeah, I guess. And so you're on a horseback and then you go over the hill and it's like their, uh, their family owns the, the property next to it and they see you coming and they get like the coffee and the cake and you just like lash your horse over like, you know, the little uh, stump outside of their house and you're just like, where am I? You know, actually going to Brazil, going to Brazil with you uh, twice has been really, really eye opening too before uh, we started this big travel. So uh, and and then getting to Rio de Janeiro and some of those places in Brazil, Sao Paulo, and oh man, that just you know like if if we've if anybody's been bitten by the bug, it's definitely us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, it was like that before. Yeah, My for parents sure. were like, "What? Yeah, what is the matter with you guys? For it, Seven years of marriage, yeah. you guys been to more places than I've been. Yeah, and now it's they're just like blown away. But it mm-hmm. all it's all what you do like with your life too like you the things you do we don't go to starbucks we don't go out for drinks we don't go to restaurants much we eat mostly at home so all that money saved up it comes it goes into the pig, travel piggy bank yeah and- i wish i could have said that when we were living in new york i mean there were definitely some times that could have been saving some more money but live and learn <laughs> until you met me yeah now how about with travel comes so many different types of experiences that you share together you know you have the good you have the bad you have the the funny i want to get into some of these with you starting with what has been the most rewarding travel experience together that experience that really just opened up your eyes to this world of travel or uh like a, an experience with a local that blew your mind what was that experience um i think up to date is I mean, we've been to South America uh, and Southeast Asia, and Peru uh, just keeps coming back yeah. over and over. Just it blew our minds. Uh, the Salcante track to Machu Picchu was the most brutal hikes we've yeah. ever done in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like we would wake up in the morning, and and the um, the guides would look at us like, "Are you, some, are you okay?" Because our like because it's so high up. You know, in the mountains, in that and altitude, it wasn't just and we were us, that just was like feeling, <laughs> but oh no, but some of some some most, and, yeah. you know, because in um, fact, Emily was usually fifty yards ahead of me, so <laughs> yeah. So and and then you know, thanks to to my research, we were able to be the you know like the two out of the four hundred people to visit Juanapichu and and Juanapichu. Um, Juana, it, it's Juana it's very difficult. Yeah, it's Juanapichu Juana and Juanapichu. <laughs> it's I don't a mouthful. Know, yeah, I don't know why they named them like that, but. So those are the two neighboring mountains next to Machu Picchu where everybody gets like some really, really high. Like if it if it looks like a drone photo, it's probably from Juana Picchu or Juana Picchu. So uh, and, and that was just those were just incredible to hike those. Yeah, it was just it's just insane. Yeah, it was just great, rewarding and like experience that was. Yeah, and and then in 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 uh, Indonesia, uh, we woke up and we did this brutal hike to the Bromo volcano, which is still an active volcano, and that was a lot of fun. And you know, I think uh, getting the drone has been really rewarding too because it's funny uh, when we were learning it, Emily's always like, "Let me see that," and she like grabbed the controller, and I'm just like, "Okay," you know. And <laughs> but but it's funny because like I'm much more focused on like kind of photography and and video 
videography. And then it's really cool that, you know, she has the drone up. And uh, so like for sunrises, well, if I'm not photographing her or vice versa, but you know, it's for some of these, uh, you know, if just depending on the situation, but she'll have the drone up and she gets it up and out of the way. It's not in anybody's photos. And really, I don't even ever hear it unless it's like landing or taking off. So, you know, like I, I know sometimes like you're trying to grab a photo and someone's got like a drone buzzing through and you're like, oh, I'm going to have to Photoshop that out. But um, or if it's a video, it's even more of a pain. But um, but anyway, so it's it's really been cool to see like how much Emily loves taking photos with and video with the drone. And then I'm on the ground taking photos and videos. So it, that's really kind of like a really cool one two punch. And I, I love watching her uh, develop with that. But you know, and then, so you're talking about most fulfilling experiences. So we had just gotten uh, scuba certified and, you know, growing up and I never, like my dad and brother had gotten scuba certified, I think right about the time I was moving to New York and I just never did, you know, I was in the city and what need did I have for scuba and it seemed expensive and, you know, they'd be telling me about it and it seemed kind of intimidating and, and all this. And so, you know, I just never really uh, thought about it. And then I was in New York and I had told uh, a coworker that Emily and I were going to Costa Rica for a week or two for vacation and um and she's like oh do you scuba dive this was a california girl working in new york and i said no and she's like oh my gosh she's like that's the best thing in the world and she's like all i want to do is go back to belize and costa rica and these places and all i want to do is scuba dive and i was like really and you know that just planted a seed and then we had uh so we had quit our jobs and and uh, sold our place and we moved down and we had like a month or two in florida before we left so we got scuba certified and um so we, we didn't know what to expect, but it has been one of the best things because, you know, Emily was telling me, oh, let's get over to, you know, uh, uh, Indonesia and, and like these crazy places. And I was like, you know, where, where Jacques Cousteau used to dive. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, dude, we got to get scuba certified. So we did it. And, and it has been like one of the most life altering things just being down there and, and seeing some of the, the the stuff we've seen. And we've really only like cracked the iceberg or cracked, you know, it's only the tip of the iceberg for diving for us. But uh, I could see doing a lot, lot more of that. And uh, so some of the best dives, uh, definitely Cozumel, Mexico, uh, Kauai, Hawaii. That was so much fun. We had these little scooter things that went between our legs and we were like shooting through the water like James Bond. Um <laughs> Yeah, Raja Ampat, Indonesia. Oh, man. Raja Ampat, it was just oh my gosh. ridiculous. I think there's a quote yeah. that you can see 75% of the world's marine life in Raja Ampat, yeah. Indonesia. And the it's coral, not... like everything is so vibrant and just all the fish and a couple of sharks. and Yeah, there are places that aren't touched yet. Yeah. And, but the thing is, is it's uh, the current is really, yeah, really yeah, strong it's, over there. Yeah. So you have to... Be okay with diving in those like really strong yeah. currents because um, if you have an anxiety, that could be a problem. Just make sure yeah. that you're, you know, like nice and rested and ready to go and you just be aware that. Yeah. I still haven't controlled my breathing. I use more air than anybody. It's really kind of embarrassing. You know, I almost like alert the dive master and everybody on the group. I'm just like, man, I'm I'm probably going to be like the first guy to run out of air. <laughs> And there's actually been a few dives where the uh, the the dive master has shared his uh, you know his spare um, uh, octopus tube several with me. times yeah several <laughs> times you know but too like I'm always taking video with the GoPro and I'm like swimming after fish and you know and like like Dan is like a little kid yeah, in the water I'm just like it's what's that and I want to go put the GoPro done. Yeah, yeah I want to put the, the like, GoPro right in it do? and then I look at my my uh, oxygen and and you know I'm like oh crap you know I I was supposed to tell him at a thousand you know a thousand psi and I'm like at 800 and, you know, so, and then, and then you're like, you know, I can't really lie about that, you know, <laughs> like, you know, and, and it's, it's funny too, cause you're, you're watching like the dive master and the, the air coming out of his body, it, it's just like a couple of little bubbles here and there. And then you're, you're, I'm breathing, like I'm running a marathon, you know, I'm just like, <gasps> <laughs> and I'm like, maybe that's why I'm using so much air. And everybody talks to me about it and how to conserve. And, you know, it's just, I just don't know. I just got to breathe, you know. But, <laughs> and, you know, I'm almost forgetting, too, some of the cenotes in Mexico and Tulum, Mexico. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was an experience yeah, and a half. You have to be, you have to be cave certified to, to go actual cave diving. You know, that's like a whole nother course because it's super dangerous. But these cenotes in Mexico, they say as long as you're within 200 feet or as long as you can always see skylight coming through the caves then you're okay because there's all these holes and stuff like that and you can see you know you could you you can always see like an escape yeah, you know they do use the ropes and they do um 
you know, you do feel like an extra level of, uh, you know, urgency and, and danger. But and uh, did we ever have to wear a helmet? I don't think we ever wore a helmet. No. I almost hit my head once, though. I think you have to be careful with yeah. this because um, it makes the water, the salty water with the, oh, the mix, you know, yeah. and you don't see it well. So it's yeah. very blurry yeah. in there and you just like, yeah, you just have to contain yourself and breathe in. Breathe out. I'm mm-hmm. saying that because. I freak out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if, so, yeah, and if your, your buoyancy has to be like, really I don't good too. See yeah, because if you're going through like a swim through or something and it's kind of tight, you know, like, like if you breathe in a little bit too hard, you're going to go up a foot, you know, or half a meter, or, you know, whatever. And, and like you could be up against a rock or something. So you, you really got to pay attention. But dude, the cenotes, you literally feel like you're in a foreign planet or like in the movie alien floating in space or you know it's just some of the some of those experiences were just unbelievable oh and before i forget before i forget too so we actually so i have a great aunt who lives in hawaii on the big island and so you know and she used to come over to the states every year when my grandma was still alive and uh so we we know her very well and uh, it's my great aunt fritzy and she lives in hawaii and for my entire life, I'd have to tell people I have an aunt who lives in Hawaii who I had never visited. And it was like so embarrassing. People would just like, like stare at me like they didn't even know what what to say to that. So we finally got to visit We from Mexico on our way to Indonesia. We stopped in Hawaii and we got to stay with my aunt on the big island for two weeks. And she loaned us her car. And that was just incredible, man. And then but but while we were there, Mauna Kea is what they call the tallest mountain in the world the the steepest i think or actually the highest elevation is mount everest everybody knows that but but mauna kea is the tallest i guess if you measure from the depth of the ocean to the top Uh, anyway yeah yeah, but that's where they have all those super super high power telescopes like keck and all those ones you know that that shoot the milky way and stuff and so we had um my aunt uh had gone up there she has a really old uh police cruiser uh car and so she's like you can go to like the base camp to like the the visitor center she's like but do not try to go up the gravel road to the top of Mauna Kea she's like I tried it with this car 20 years ago and it didn't make it it had to be towed and so we're like okay so we went there and uh and and everybody pulling up in the parking lot has these jeeps uh most of the time they're rented jeeps and um we just kind of hey mistered a few couples in the parking lot and there was this really awesome Indian couple and um you know we we just said hey you know would it be cool because you can climb up it but it's like 4 hours and it was kind of already the afternoon and we wanted to shoot sunset from up there and because you're actually up above the sunset if that makes sense but um so so we this this guy was like oh yeah but i'm gonna be up there all day and i was like cool are you a photographer and he's like yeah i was like dude we'll be there you know as long as you want to be there we'll be there he's like i'm gonna try to be there all night and i was like okay i mean the police people yeah like just kick everybody out yeah, but, and they found a way to stay up yeah but it was a cool thing because he had done it before so 11 p.m yeah so and so so anyway we're like okay awesome and these these guys were super cool and we're in like low gear on four-wheel drive going up this like this gravel road to the top of Mauna Kea and we get up there and I mean what were there about 10 or 12 cars up there that day and uh it was funny too because the whole drive up there super super cloudy like you're driving through a cloud super overcast misty can't see anything can't see 20 feet in front of your car and the whole way we're like man is this a good idea you know but then you actually get up above all of that above like you're up above the clouds and you're like oh man this is incredible and we were up there kind of in broad daylight so we were shooting and climbing and hiking and and all this stuff and then like the sunset started to go down we got some cool subway handle photos did all this stuff and then we came back over and and security was starting to kick people out and i didn't know where our friend had gone and his wife it was really cold and windy up there and his wife was inside the jeep and apparently uh security had come over and told the wife that you know we need to leave and she's like okay but i can't find my husband you know i'll try to find him and all this and and so uh anyway we were just able to kind of look and stall and and the guy never came back to the car and security just left and you know there's no like fence or anything up there and so and then so we we saw the guy and he's like okay cool you know so they left and we were just sitting in the car you know waiting for uh, nine ten o'clock at night and then and uh and then he's like okay cool and so he gets out his tripod and you know we're just out there shooting and we had not planned for that it's funny i had photography gloves but i had sent them back home because we were going to indonesia and then i'm up there my hands were freezing i mean it was such a labor of love but uh so 
we're up there. That was my first real attempt shooting celestial photography. We got all these awesome photos of the Milky Way. It took me like an hour and a half to get dialed in, but I feel like we got some really, really cool uh, photos and one really awesome video on uh, Instagram. And I think that's on YouTube too. But um, yeah, it is. Anyway, um, so I, I know I'm I'm like way way over time on this question, but so um, but but it was just it was just really this really really awesome experience, and you know that's one of my favorite things too about traveling is like just kind of being open, you know, just go there, meet some new people. Yeah, cool. They drive you up in their jeep. They're photographers. They're into the whole same thing, and we wouldn't have been able to stay there that night if we hadn't have met them. You know what I mean? So I'm sure like the guy would have come by and been like, "You guys have to go." We've been like, "All right," you know, and we would have been walking down and. You know, but but it was really cool too because I mean we were there past midnight and the the um, the workers of the uh, the telescopes and the observatories they don't even show up till midnight. You know when it's pitch black dark, so it was the coolest thing. Is like and they would show up and sometimes they're walking right past us and you know here's two guys right next to each other with our you know with our you know big cameras out and stuff and they're probably like hey they're cool you know like we weren't making any noise. There's just one jeep. You know, and uh, so anyway, that was that was also one of the most fulfilling photography experiences for me. So I'll stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Mauna Kea, we only went up to the visitor center. We didn't go all the way to the top. But yeah, even even from there, it was incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you know what we're talking about. Was it super, super uh, misty and cloudy? Incredibly, like, overcast, and they were saying that you're not going to see any stars tonight. And then when it got really dark, it all cleared away, and it was the most amazing stars we've ever seen in our lives. So you were were at the visitor center for that? Yeah, yeah. Did they try to kick you out of there? Uh, no, they didn't. Uh, okay. not, not until a little bit later, they were starting to round people up, but we were pretty much done our, our shoot by then. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Was that like getting close to midnight? Yeah, it was probably after 11 at that point. Okay. Was it yeah. still freezing cold and windy? It was so cold. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I couldn't imagine it? being further up. Oh, I was dressed for it. Yeah. Natalie yeah. wasn't so much. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I almost nice. lost some fingers. <laughs> All right, so I want to get into, you know, these funny moments, these awkward moments, or maybe these embarrassing moments that you guys have had on your travels together. We've all had them. Do you guys have one you'd want to share with us? Oh, man, we have so many, but there's one in particular, which it still gives me nightmares, so I'm going to let Emily talk about it. I hate, oh, gosh, are you going to tell them about the motorbike accident? Oh, I was going to tell them about the overnight bus. Okay, in tell them about that and then tell them about the accident so then you can have some more. Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I think the first one is like uh, the overnight buses in Vietnam with all the stinky feet because you buy these buses, <laughs> tickets uh, through these like tour companies and you have no idea what kind of bus you're going to get in <laughs> or you're going to get yourself into. Um, and so you get in there and you just like the, our first experience was like the worst because the bus smells so bad, like the seats, everything. The second one wasn't so bad, but the first, it was so bad. They're all pretty bad. Yeah. The people's feet all up like next to us. And it was just, uh, it was really, I was like, are you kidding me? Just, um, because they make you remove your shoes, but it's just, it was like, if it smelled like urine with <laughs> stinky feet all together because of the, how yeah. bad the cushions were. Uh, it was, it, yeah, yeah, that was not fun. And you, Dan? Um, well, I'm going to let Emily tell you about our motorbike accident uh, because I I really don't want to talk about it. <laughs> now, does this qualify as like the one of the worst travel experiences or bad travel experience? That's the yeah. This that's is by not far by the far worst. the worst. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we were um, all day um, at Jogjokata, mm-hmm. um, Indonesia. Indonesia, and Java, uh, the island, and we were just uh, running around just with the uh, motorbike um, to all these like places. Um, it's like all these, like, what do you call it? Like theme parks of, um, of uh, East Java. Where they have all these like all Instagram these, like, built, Instagram built uh, like, like all the reeds and, you know, like the bird's nest and they have like a hand built out of reeds and hammocks, yeah, like hammocks five and, hammocks yeah, and they want on, you to pay for all this yeah. stuff. five hammocks on like, um, what do you call it? Like, all, like trees. tied up and uh, like trees yeah it's it was fun it was fun and then so we were like at the end of the day and the whole day i was telling Dan like just uh 
go easy. I feel like you're a little bit overconfident today. Are you driving like a local? Well, because we, we had been on, on motorbikes <laughs> like, for two or three months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you kind of get like, I got this and I'm, you know, I, you know, you just kind of like. I drive in between a local and a, and somebody who's for, it's their first day on the bike. I don't, I don't feel like I'm pushing it too hard. Anyways, that day I felt like it was, yeah, it was a little bit nerve wracking and I was just having uh, a really, 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 um, hard time being the back that day. Like mean, my anxiety was to another level. Yeah. Riding on the back is, is worse. It's too. worse too. We've taken a couple but, of Gojeks yeah, and anyways, being on the back is awful. Yeah. Anyway, so we were just like, at the end of the day, we're like literally five minutes from our hostel and, um, Dan was trying to get through. Um, no, no, I had gotten around the car. You you were you were getting around the car. No, no, you, I was around it. You, okay, you were around it. Um, <laughs> and um, we we just like it was just like this bank like of well, dirt. Well, hold on, hold on. So I had just I had passed a car just like everybody else. You know, even when you're passing a car, someone's passing you. But but so we were on a straightaway, and and there was a car maybe 50 yards up, 50 meters up that was making a left. So there was you know there was like two or three. Uh, layers of bikes, you know, in front of us, two or three, you know, bikes deep and wide. And so anyway, I, I could see that the guy was making a left and everyone was getting on their brakes really hard. And we, you got in the, on the brakes hard or both just brakes, both brakes and, and yeah. yeah, at the same time. So when that happened, we just slid. Cause and we hit this dirt. This, this is like a perfect blanket of dirt. A blanket. The road. Yeah, exactly. And so we just got on the floor and, yeah, and this guy you know, sliding yeah this guy the across road. the the street came and and tried to help us and yeah, we like getting up and yeah um i mean we probably slid for uh, probably 10 feet oh wow more. yeah about 10 feet yeah but roughly. we were wearing like sandals and like i wearing a skirt suit. i had a tank top oh no yeah yeah so it got it, that was a really rough um yeah. yeah, that was a, yeah, a bit rough. The whole right side of my body was scraped up. Luckily, Emily, um, and she still has a little bit of a discoloration on her right elbow on the underneath side. And luckily, your your thigh, that's completely gone. There's no scar. There's a little bit of a scar, but it's mm-hmm. not, yeah, it's not mm-hmm. as bad as your side. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's, like, probably the worst. I know you asked for the awkward and more, yeah. more fun stuff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But the, the the hold on. But the the worst part about that too was that it. So we we went back. I mean, we were we were. I was all banged up, you know, pretty badly. And we wear helmets, of course. But you know, we we went back to our place. I didn't. We were covered in dirt and and just sweat and stuff from the whole day. So we went back to our place and we showered. And people are telling me, oh, it could have gotten infected right then. It could have gotten infected at the clinic. So basically, it turned into an infection, which just kind of never really went away. Nobody, and until we got to uh, Singapore, you know, I would keep going, you know, every couple of days or every other week or, you know, whatever. And it, like, it was just, it seemed like it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And, and, uh, once we got to Singapore, they finally did a culture on it. And then, the, you know, they said, are you going to be here for a few more days? And we were like, no. And then they sent the results to me via email. And they're, and they're like, it's a, and everyone was, was, uh, suspecting that it was like cellulitis, you know, an infection of your skin. And it just kept getting worse and worse. I started looking more and more like the walking dead on the whole right side of my body. Oh, no. It was pretty and, bad. Yeah. We were, I, I was taking meds. And like, I kept going to, uh, to hospitals and clinics and I get all patched up and they'd like, you know, they'd like remove all the pus and get me, you know, and, and it was always super painful and just really awful. And it just wasn't getting better. And, and, you know, it's just like one hospital we went to was really pretty sketchy, but it was, it was like a hospital, you know, and like they brought over all the scalpels and all that stuff and they were not in bags. And you're like, uh, did someone clean those? You know, like, I mean, you, I really didn't know. I mean, they looked clean, but you know, it's gotta be sterile, you know, and, but uh, anyway, so it ended up turning into a staph infection, and uh, and we found that out in in uh, Singapore. And then they had written on there, you know, like resistant to this, resistant to that. And not only it, it wasn't even until we got back to L.A. and and one of our friends said, "Dude, that's MRSA." 
that's like a staph MRSA infection, which is like potentially fatal. And she's like, you got to go to the hospital now. So I went to like Cedar Sinai uh, Hospital in Beverly Hills. And, uh, you know, they did a new culture and, and I showed them the results from Singapore. And they're like, OK, you know, and they made it sound like it wasn't such a big deal. And, um, you know, then they gave me some medicine to put in my nose so that it could attack it from there and a different kind of medicine that it wasn't supposed to be resistant to. And um, and then. uh and then so I was like, OK, you know, fine, you know, two hours in the emergency room at Cedar sinai turned out to be twenty seven hundred dollars. And then, um, you know, and so I went back to the uh, and then we had flown home to Orlando and my family got us. It was like midnight. And the next day, Cedar sinai calls and they said, hey, stop taking that medicine. We got you. You need to take this. And we're like, OK, because I guess the, the culture was coming back. And then they called like an hour later and they're like, don't get that prescription filled. They're like, you need to go to either a hospital or your primary care physician. You need an intramuscular or intravenous vancomycin shot. And I was like, oh, crap, you know, and 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 they're like, you need to pretty much stop what you're doing and go do that. And so I went there and then the hospital in in Orlando decided they wanted to keep me for two nights. So I was like an inpatient. This is like the first time I've ever spent the night in a hospital bed, you know, and like so. And, and I just want to say, like, actually, you know, if there was one thing that I have learned while traveling, do not neglect to get travel insurance. So it actually, because we became divers, we became uh, aware of this company called Dan. Actually, ironically, it's the Diver Alert Network. And they sell travel insurance. Emily and I had been looking for travel insurance. And if, if you and don't was, have a return date, yeah. They not, they can't give you an insurance. Yeah. Companies were, were telling us, like, we had to come back every 90 days or every 120 days or they wouldn't bind coverage you for gotta us. you got to have a ticket. you got yeah, to have a round have a return, trip. Yeah, ticket. And we're like, we don't know when we're coming. Anyway, people were saying, like, $4,000 a person. Per I mean, year. Yeah, we were like, oh, yeah. okay. And then I found Dan. And so Dan is for, like, an entire year. And it was $300 for their guardian, which was, like, the, the premier level. And that gives you $100,000 of protection under the water. So if you have any, like, so let's say you get the bins or you come up too fast or you need a hyperbaric chamber or even including like flights back to your country, you know, you're covered for $100,000. And that's, you know, great to know. But they also provide $20,000 for accident insurance above water. So this motorbike accident qualified. So, uh, you know, we had submitted, uh, you know, our bills in, in South America or Southeast Asia had totaled about $600. And uh, so we had submitted that and got that reimbursed and then got back to the U.S. and, and you know, in three days ran up nineteen thousand dollars. And uh, so it was it was it was all covered. And uh, so anyway, um, it, before we leave home or go do anything, we're going to we're going to get Dan insurance for sure. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Definitely that, I mean, like, I can't even think sure. like, if and I had an eighteen thousand dollar bill right now for health insurance. I mean, we wouldn't be going anywhere. And oh gosh, and see, for, the accident was bad enough. Could you, I couldn't imagine like being strapped with with a bill like that. I, I couldn't like I couldn't even imagine how mad Emily would be at me. That would just be that would be like a like a serious. You should deal have breaker. listened to me. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and, and uh, I I always tell people how important it is to have that travel insurance. We've actually been caught uh, without it before, and. Uh, unfortunately, something happened, and it, uh, fortunately, it was extremely minor, but minor, uh, in Hawaii is like $2,000. So, yeah, like, I mean, you, you never know what's gonna happen, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And that's the US, so, uh, you get free health insurance in Canada, right? Okay, so, but, but I guess anywhere else, that doesn't apply, right? It doesn't apply only in can only in your province, and then in some it's it gets a bit tricky between okay. provinces. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, so yeah, so you had to pay U.S. Uh, Hawaii healthcare rates, <laughs> and that was really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the U.S. <laughs> really eye-opening for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you guys have obviously been through so much together. Uh, I mean, in through your relationship and through your travels, and it. Uh, I really like how you know travel really uh, works on your relationship together either strengthens it or breaks it down whichever way it goes I think but how do you two feel if traveling has affected your relationship and can you speak to the pros of traveling as a couple and the cons uh yeah go ahead Emily <laughs> I mean it has oh my gosh like it felt like 
the 14 months, like a first year of marriage, um, we didn't all over again, all, all over again. But at this time it was to another level because you were 24 seven with each other. And it really, um, takes you out of your comfort zone, um, to be with somebody, um, and really engaging into their personality and finding out about things that you wouldn't find out if you were on a nine to five job. No surprises. And, what do you, uh, you make this sound like? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no. Um, but no, you, you're more in depth. You know, you're going to see a lot more downs and that you wouldn't see, you know, uh, there's going to be, Definitely that that push and um, that, you know, just challenge, uh, really. uh, And you're going to encounter that more and more and how you, you know, cope with that. It's very crucial. And, you know, in front of each other and just with yourself, you know, and really learning and and digging into each other's uh, just, you know, every day is, is it was it was really interesting. And I mean, we grew so much. Um, and I mean, I think patience, it comes down really to mm. patience. Patience is key when you do something like that. Mm. I think you have to also be prepared when you go into something, um, like also a transition or anything in, you know, big change in your life like that, you have to talk to each other and you have to kind of prepare each other, kind of maybe learn a little bit of your personalities before and just like, okay, so this is what I'm dealing with when this, this happens. So you kind of have an idea, you know, just kind of like, you know, even the box ring, you know, what to Uh, do, (laughs) (laughs) what punches to take, when to hold back, yeah, you know, when to listen, when to, you know, just kind of relax, you know. Yeah. Just be there for the. You know, one of the things for me, um, I, I always wanted to travel with a spouse so that, you know, later in life you could say, hey, do you remember what it was like to, you know, wake up at 4 a.m. And, and jump on that motorbike, you know, on the way to go see the Blue Flames at Egen, you know, and then the motorbike couldn't even get us up all the way up the hill. And, you know, Emily was was uh, walking next to me as I was, you know, the you know, basically flooring the bike to try to get up this hill. And then one of the workers stopped and picked her up and took us up there. And then, of course, wanted a tip. And, you know, but and then and then we did that crazy hike. And, you know, I just love having those those shared experiences where you could just look at each other and 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 mm-hmm. just kind of remember, you know, the good and the bad and the, you know, everything in between and the, you know, and, and then and, and one of the things, too, is we have tried to turn it into work, but I feel like I would do it even if it wasn't work, you know, like the Instagram and, you know, sometimes, well, always, always it feels like putting up. Uh, a photo every day on Instagram is tough. And Emily likes to put up a photo of what we did that day, if possible, or, you know, the day or two prior. And like, to me, I would just, you know, go chronologically, I'd be in, in Indonesia posting photos from Mexico, you know, but, <laughs> but I really think that, you know, there's something to be said for, um, you know, both mindsets. And it's really, really fulfilling to look through Instagram and be like, oh my gosh, you know, we did all that. And then to write the blogs and then go look at them later. And, you know, I think that that's just really fun. And even doing this interview, with you, you know, got us thinking about all these things and, you know, just kind of reliving it and <laughs> the, the good and the bad, you know, and, and so uh, I think that that's just really like these memories that you'll you'll keep. It, it can only be experienced firsthand. Definitely. And with all your your experiences and all your travels, do you have any advice for a couple traveler out there? Maybe it's their first trip. Maybe they just need some sort of push to get out there or uh, any advice in terms of their relationship and travel and what they should expect. Do you have any advice like that? I think um, just be ready uh, to learn from each other and just just have that mindset that there is going to be good days. There is going to be fantastic days. There is going to be um, also bad days. And when those bad days come, you know, just to sit back and, and, you know, maybe go and look at all the photos like Dan was saying and, and what you did a couple of days before and, and, and rejoice in that, you know, like enjoy those moments and see that, Hey, everybody has up and downs and we're going to get through this mm. and uh, we just gotta, just gotta keep going, keep pressing on and, and, because you will have those days yeah. you it's you know it's life it's humane you know and so we just have to be able to encourage one another and to be able to get through that um with uh you know arms are open yeah 
And, you know, I think you guys got to really figure out if you want to travel for pleasure or for a business. If you want to become content creators and you're trying to write blogs and trying to edit video and trying to take photos and edit those and, you know, it really becomes a job. I mean, it is, it's enjoyable as well, but kind of the stress of having to do all these things and capture this content and then put it out there. And the competition is just, I mean, if you start looking around on Instagram, you just be like, man, why do I even bother? You know, I'm, I think if but, you, if, but if, you... if that's what you're doing it for, then, then that's, you know, it, it'll be hard, but if you're doing it for yourself and you're doing it to grow and learn and, and see what happens and, you know, then it will be, it'll still be work, but it'll be fulfilling. And if you love that kind of work, then, then it'll be cool, but you still need to, you have to have to have to every couple of days on, you have to have a day off. Otherwise, that's that's when all the arguments will happen as you've been waking up at four in the morning for too many days. Don't back to back. Hard, yeah. yeah, I just I just can't do it. You know, if you if you have a, a, a car picking you up at 0400 and you're going to try to shoot a sunrise and then you're going to get somewhere else and shoot this temple like while the sun is still pretty low. And then you got to figure out a good thing to shoot in the middle of the day and then sunset. And, you know, you're going to try to have to eat somewhere in there. And, you know, and then if, if you guys are trying to be healthy eaters or, you know, heaven forbid you're a vegan or a vegetarian or something. And you know what I mean? Like, I honestly, it's hard enough for us to find something to eat. We actually we traveled with a really cool couple from Germany and, and he was vegan. And uh, I'm just like, man, I didn't even know how that'd be possible you know like uh, you know and i had friends in new york who are vegans and that seemed like an inconvenience in new york city you know so yeah. you know you're in like indonesia somewhere and i, I don't know you just get <laughs> even though sometimes you'd be i guess rice but if i don't know and uh, there was a lot of that in, in yeah the, nasi goreng in nasi yeah in indonesia yeah. yeah i mean dan dan lost 30 pounds <laughs> Then lost 30 pounds. He never thought. And I was just like, uh, we were like on a tour, um, and, uh, to a couple of the islands in, um, El Nido. And I, Dan was like taking a photo with a subway handle on like this cave. And I was just, I, I took a photo. I was just like, oh my gosh, I have to go back to <laughs> December 2017 because that was the same time, December 2018. I said, I have to look back at one of Dan's photos to see where he's at because he looks so skinny right now. <laughs> and and I put it next to each other and I just couldn't believe it. I yeah. just couldn't believe it. And, you know, it was funny, too, because when we were in uh, Singapore and they were taking my weight and they were like 68 kilos. And I was like, OK, I had no idea what that meant. And so like first chance I get, I'm looking that up on my phone. I was like 150 pounds. And I was like, I was kind of in shock. I couldn't believe it. And right right now I'm 160 and feeling very healthy. But like, I was like, I'm 150 pounds. I couldn't even remember the last time I was 150 pounds. And, you know, I, I try to keep it healthy and stuff. But I mean, I must have had an extra inch or two on my waist and, you know, kind of, you know, a little bit of the uh, the good time belly sitting in there, I guess. But, you know, but uh, anyway, yeah, I lost all this weight. But, you know, two stomach bugs and. And some of these places like you're in uh, in Peru or, you know, doing these these epic hikes and you're and what you get is is bread and jam in the morning. And then you're going to go burn four thousand you know, calories hiking 2000 well, foot is, elevation in one day. Up this dirt. is backpack. For, um, yeah. <laughs> so you're you're just not, you know, and you know, one thing we did, too, is we started off the trip with like a whole box of quest bars and we would we would really ration them out only for emergencies. And I really wish I if, if there was one thing I wish I could have every day while traveling, it would be a quest bar. You know, preferably <laughs> like lactose free. But oh, my gosh, if you could just pop one of those in. You know, you just feel like at least you've had one good meal sometimes, <laughs> enough protein to, to keep going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, wrapping this interview up, I really like how you guys talked about uh, a few different things there, including content creation and everything that you guys have got going on over there at N NYC Later. I really liked how you guys talked about, you know, if this is your, your passion, there's a lot of people doing it out there right now. But if this is your passion, it, it does take a lot of hard work, but it's all worth it if it is your passion, if this is what you want to do, right, in creating this content. 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, and, and I think, too, it's it's good to, to push yourself a little bit to try to do that, even if you're not trying to be a content creator. Take as many photos as you can, you know, download them to your card, save them in folders, make sure it's organized. Go back through it later because, you know, that's one of the reasons you're doing this is for the memories. And nothing nothing will completely capture, you know, you, you remember things, but then when you get to look at a photo, you're like, oh, my gosh, just that dinner we had at that one place, you know, or that crazy meal or you know, whatever it was. So, yeah. And and I really like how you guys put some effort into thinking of a, a concept for NYC later. And, you know, it's, it really shows like your personality coming through and all this. And it, it is really good for, you know, content creators coming up and, and wanting to distinguish themselves, uh, against everyone else. And to create this concept is, is so important with everything, uh, that you're putting out there. And I love it. I love watching what you guys have got going on over there. And I want to ask you one last question here as we wrap things up. And that is, if there's one thing you know, know now, like uh knowing what you know now what is one thing you wish you'd known before you started this journey i think uh for me and i think you could say for both of us um but it's i would say it's get ready like if you want if you think that this is your something you want to do um really look into it more and more and kind of like prepare yourself, I would say at least a year before um, and just learn. If you don't know photography, learn more about it, uh, learn more about how to do a WordPress uh, website and and really engage into more and more because there's so much competition out there. Um, and and also come up with a concept um, it, because, you know, there's so much competition that you get caught up in looking at Jacob's photo or Jordan's photo, you know, and you just get yourself into this. Um, just deep, deep into comparing yourself and, and really, I think you have to kind of like walk away from that and, and, and just focus on what you do best and what content you can bring to the table and, and be you, you know, be a, a you know, authentic you and, and go out there and kill it the way, you know, what you can offer, um, to people and what I'm finding more and more in that, um, I wish I could have done and I was, you know, just prepare even more. Uh, I think preparation is key before you go into anything like that. And see if that's what you want to do. If that's, you know, what you not want to do, just enjoy your travels. Mm-hmm. Like really just enjoy your travels. Don't look at on Instagram too much because you will get caught up yeah. in it. And, you know, one thing we did, too, was we started off in South America and it was um, we went all the way down to the, the tip of Argentina and Chile. And it was it was cold. I mean, we and we kind of packed a little bit more on the warm side. So I was literally like wearing three jackets and two of them had hoodies with both hoodies up and, you know, had some photography gloves and we made it work. But I think we it was really, really hard to kind of anticipate all the different uh, weather variations that we were going to have. And we started off our trip, we were bringing uh, scuba fins and mask and snorkel. We actually had to ship those back to my parents in Florida. And uh, I think travel light, try to maybe don't, don't try to do a vacation where you are going to have to be hit with all four seasons. You know what I mean? So you can travel a little bit lighter. And you can um, always buy this stuff uh, when you're there. Yeah. I think it's bring just the essentials and then you want to get engaged into the culture more and more. And so buy something from a local that they had made, you know, yeah. give it back to those people that, you know, uh, trying to yeah. make it day to day. Yeah. And I really want to get better at helping Emily do the travel planning. I've really been kind of neglected that, but you know, we were, we were a little bit pressed for time and we were trying to get a WordPress site going and an Instagram and editing as much content as we could and, and trying to get some videos done and trying to do all this stuff. And Emily was planning the trip. And so I really want to get better and kind of learn how to research these places and know what to expect before we go. And that's, uh, oh, and, and cell service. Uh, most of the time I didn't have, we would just get a SIM card for Emily's phone, but I think being so completely like disconnected was a blessing and a curse. You know, sometimes I just want to be able to like turn on my GPS and figure out where I'm going and, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, we switched to T-Mobile and I think, uh, hopefully with their, their worldwide thing that we'll, 
you know, next time we go, hopefully I'll have service. I have a, a friend who's an international flight attendant and she's got T-Mobile. So I, I think she's able to make that work. But most of the time my phone was just like a brick. You know, I could take photos with it and that was it. But, um, and then, and then most of these places too, where you go, uh, even if they say they have Wi-Fi, they don't necessarily have Wi-Fi. It's just like a little, uh, adapter that plugs into someone's cell phone and you come downstairs and you're like, the Wi-Fi is not working. And they're like, oh yeah, we need to top it off. And we're like, yeah, well, we need to get a photo up on Instagram. So you guys need to top it off right now. You know what I mean? And, and like, they don't always understand that, you know, they're just like on some Island in the Philippines and you're like, no, Philippines, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wi-Fi is luxury. In Philippines. Yeah. 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 Like good luck, you know? And, and you're like, the reason we booked this place is because you guys said you had Wi-Fi, you know, like <laughs> we got to go if you're not going to turn the Wi-Fi on. So, you know, I, I guess it's, it's yeah. crucial yeah. Uh, in, in the business. Um, yeah. And negotiate everything, just prices, like whatever they tell you, start off with like a third of it. You know, if someone's like a hundred or like 500, you know, yeah. or whatever to get yeah. you there, be like a hundred, you know, and like let them be insulted and just, you know, straight faced. And, and we have a ton of these tips yeah. too on uh, NYC later. Yeah. Um, you know, the things that we, we learned that we wish you, we knew yeah. I've always like for every single country, I always try to answer those questions. Oh yeah. We make really, an Emily's tips we, <laughs> for everywhere we've been. And uh, it's it's all the stuff we've learned kind of the hard way most of the time. <laughs> Guys, this was such a treat to have the two of you on this show and, and all the advice and all the stories that you've given. And there you have it, Emily and Dan sharing their travel stories with you today on the To The Nations Worldwide Travel Couple Podcast. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and joining me here. Thank Man, you so much. It's a been a pleasure. Real pleasure. Yeah, thanks for reaching out. And this has been great. I hope we can uh, tell some more people about you and... Uh, you know, follow you forever. <laughs> and I'm just going to give you to the floor. Let let our audience know where they can check you out, where they can find more about you, where they can uh, find more about these books and everything you want to leave them with. Okay, cool. So uh, it's NYC you later, and that's N is in new, and then Y is in York, and then C is S E E Y O U L A T E R. So NYC you later. Definitely not like you know the NYC for a city, but uh, it's a little bit of a play on words. But sometimes it's a little bit confusing. We'll we'll tell people that, and I'm like, just let me punch it in into Instagram. <laughs> so hopefully it's clever, but not a uh, a problem. <laughs> And we'll have all the links and everything in our show notes page so everybody will be able to find out more about everything that the two of you have got going on over there. Awesome. Thanks, awesome. man. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you to all of our listeners out there to the nations worldwide. We cannot express our appreciation enough for having you listen to today's episode. Visit us at, at travelcouplepodcast.com slash 63. That's this episode, episode number 63's show notes page. Learn more about everything that... Dan and Emily have got going on over there at NYCU later. Leave a comment on the page and let us know your travel concept, what you're doing to reach an audience. Please subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review. We'll be sure to be consistently delivering you these episodes every Wednesday. This is Mike Pletz and Natalie. Hoping you have a wonderful adventure to the nations worldwide.